What's up, podcasters? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Chief Psycho Podcast. I'm your host, J.B., a.k.a. Chief Psycho himself. I'm so excited for this week's guest interview as we are going to be meeting with Miss Glenda Acevedo. She is a documentologist, and we're going to be talking about the systems for success this week. Glenda Acevedo guides professionals in transforming company culture through her speaking and consulting programs. She's a regular presence on podcasts and contributes to prominent industry publications. She's certified in systems management and helps businesses document their own proven processes, minimizing mistakes, generating time to devote to other tasks, and cultivating an opportunity to scale profits. She's also trained in various systems and project management platforms to help streamline your tasks. She brings nearly three decades of experience cultivating partnerships, expanding network connections, influencing buying decisions, designing and implementing programs, while of course training employees and educating the customers at a Fortune 500 company, as well as dental practices. Let's jump over to our interview with Miss Glenda now. Welcome to the Chief Cycle Podcast, Glenda. How's it going today? Thank you. Fantastic. I'm super excited about joining you today, Jonathan. I'm so excited to have you on today. We're going to be talking about all fun things, systems, process, documentology related topics. So <laughs> who better to have this discussion with than the documentologist herself? <laughs> That's it. That's it. And you know, for one of the most boring topics ever, it's one of the most necessary tools a business owner can do for themselves in their business. And so I always say it's a boring topic, but you got to do it. Yes, you got to make it fun. You got to have some type of playfulness related to systems (laughs) documentation. (laughs) Well, awesome, Glenda. Again, I'm so excited to have you on today. And before I dive into the nitty gritty of our conversation, I'd love for our audience to learn a little bit more about you. What has you doing what you're up to today? What got you into dentistry? And give a little bit about your background too. Fantastic. Well, a little bit about my background is I spent 18 years in sales with the Fortune 100 company, um, managing large clients and um, negotiating contracts and so forth. And I'm also a mom to five children, two of them which are adopted from Guatemala. And I took a few years off in between. And when I came back to work a couple of years ago, um, I started out with a virtual assistant company. And while there, What I learned is companies really struggle with putting systems in place and working with their employees and with onboarding their employees properly. And so that kind of drove me to a passion that I have today with helping business owners put their systems in place and become more productive and to be able to properly onboard their employees and be able to keep them longer term it has a huge impact on our business when we do that correctly. So that has driven my passion into getting certified in systems management. And I happened to fall into, through my marketing efforts, the dental community a few years ago. And um, absolutely loved the community. And so when I decided to open up my own business, I thought, what better place to be than in a group of wonderful people? And at this point, I've had the pleasure of speaking on different stages around the country to dental professionals and also meeting and greeting thousands of employees or professionals at this point. And so I love the community and would not want to be anyplace else. That's amazing, Glenda. 
geez, you came back swinging from your sabbatical, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's incredible. That's so amazing. I, I love just the this passion and power that you bring to the conversations that we've been able to be a part of and, and share the same space into. So I know how effective you are, how quick-witted you are too, and how you can see the bigger picture beyond just the conversation of systems, right? Because it can be a mundane um, topic of conversation for those that aren't really interested in how you get from A to Z. But for people like us that love that creative side inside of getting from A to B to C to D to E, that's where the magic happens, right? So I love it. And I know that you are just bringing some really great conversations and opportunities to dentistry. And I'm excited for you to share a little bit more about documentology. What is fantastic. it? <laughs> fantastic. Documentology is what I call a living roadmap to productivity and performance for our teams. It gives us a chance to put in the systems and processes, bring them to life and be able to embed them into the operations of our day-to-day business. And so that's really my goal with doing that. And systems are living documents. They have to be updated as your business pivots and grows. We always want to be updating those and monitoring the progress of how they're performing. And so that's exactly what documentology is. Mm, wow, that's incredible. I always knew that there was the space where we need to create the systems, create the processes, create the structures. And it's so different based on the business unit, based on the business needs inside of how they're maintaining those documents. Mm-hmm. But I love that you're focusing on the, the point of the pivot, right? When yes. the business is shifting or changing or evolving or downsizing, there is a change taking place. And Absolutely. that's where the art of the documentologist comes in and works for magic, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. Because, you know, we always have to be watching, are we having fire drills in one spot every time we onboard a customer? If so, Mm. we want to take the time to go back and understand why are we running into an issue every single time in this area? So we want to be able to revisit that. The same thing with properly onboarding our employees and putting them through training modules for them to be able to learn, being able to test their knowledge, and again, testing the systems to make sure the systems are doing their job. So again, it's always updating and progressing as our business continues to change. So you're never really done. So the idea of what we used to do of printing manuals and putting them on our shelves and being able (laughs) to pull them out is way behind us. We now have the tools and resources in place to be able to create the documents where it's easily changeable where we can assign it to our employees, help them become more efficient and more productive in their day-to-day activities. And so things have changed and we need to bring dental offices up to date with getting things from the printed version or out of Google Drive and into places that their offices can actually use them day-to-day and know where to find them. Yeah, definitely. That's the biggest pain point, right? Is yes. where is all where of this are stuff they? <laughs> where do they live? And that's the question I always love to ask. You've got systems and processes. Great. Where are they? Where do they live in your business? Are yeah, they used? Exactly. And I think the funny response that I've always heard is, oh, yeah, we have it in place. We have it all documented. And then the moment you ask about it, right? Okay, show yes. me. Yes. Oh, well, it, we haven't looked at this in a while. Oh, well, we kind of do a little bit of a, a swirl and a dance on this day, but not on this day, right? Like, it's so funny uh, when we dive into those different conversations when it's related to this topic. 
So Glenda, inside of your um, transition, inside of your creation of your business, I love to hear what are some of those stages that a business owner should really consider as they're going into either this specific topic of conversation or getting ready to build out the grander, bigger picture of their business? Well, I think there are several stages in our business ownership, and I'd love to share that with you and help people really identify where they are and where they want to go in their business. And this is kind of very similar to a roadmap, but when a new business is established, I call that the launch phase. And in the launch phase, we're really trying to figure things out. We're setting up CRMs. We're setting up the software we're going to use. We're thinking about, well, how are we going to do this? Are we going to create courses? So we're beginning to think through all of this, all of these different things, but nothing is set in stone at this point. And as we begin to grow a little bit, we move into what's called a static stage. And in the static stage, we may have produced some of these systems and so forth, but we really get stuck because we don't have anything systemized. We still are hiring employees. We may not be properly onboarding them. People are tending to do and grow into doing things their way rather than the way of the business owner. And the business Mm. owner is the core of every decision. How do I do this day in and day out? How do you want this handled? So once we get to start documenting our systems and being able to manage that with some of our employees so they know how to respond to our customers, know how to do business, we move into the growth phase. And in the growth phase, we've taken the time to actually document a lot of the systems and processes, but we may not have systemized them, set them up in project management, and helped our employees become more efficient in their jobs. So we still have to go through that. And then we reach the freedom stage, which we all want to achieve, where the business owner has some freedom to actually work on the business rather than in the day-to-day of the business. And the employees, the business basically can now run without the owner being involved in the day-to-day activities. It's also a benefit to us because uh, people going on vacation, taking sick leave and turnover is no longer a Mm. showstopper because now we have onboarding systems in place to be able to train new employees if we need to hire and to have other employees to be able to cover for other people if they happen to be out on sick leave to take care of a loved one or God forbid our office manager quits on the spur of the Mm. moment and she's been doing it for eight years and she was one of those people that simply said, I got this. I got this. And every day she did the job, but never shared how she did anything. So once Mm. she put all of the systems in place, now someone else has the ability to step in in the interim. And so now your business and the biggest thing is it becomes a sellable asset. And so if you decide and we should all start our business with the end in mind, you know, what do we want to achieve? Do we eventually want to sell this business? If so, you need to be able to create the systems and processes, make it a sellable asset. So when you sell it as the business owner, you don't have to transition with the sell into the business for six to 12 months. You can transition it with the systems in place. And the new business owner knows how to consistently continue to run that business they purchase from you. So that is the biggest benefit. It becomes a sellable asset. Yeah. And EBITDA increases sometimes by 3 to 5% by doing that. 
And so the amount you pay to put systems in place is really quite minimal compared to the value that you gain from doing it. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. I love hearing the different stages that you've just not created, but have illustrated and shared just now uh, because they're so powerful. And when you look at it from the end in mind, like how many business owners and entrepreneurs actually are starting their business with that that framework, right? Or that level right. or way of thinking. And I would say not many people are. They're they're more inside of that excited way of thinking because you're like, all right, got my business up, ready to go, ready to start yeah. getting clients, ready to start working, ready to get my hands dirty, right? But how common and often does that topic show up in the conversation? I think when you're process-oriented and a planner like yourself, and, and I can relate to that, yes. you're looking for the end in mind, right? Like what's the end outcome I'm looking to achieve inside of me even starting the business and starting the organization? It's beyond passion at this point, right? Like what's the right. end purpose of me doing it? And that's just incredible. So I'd love to hear what are some of the common challenges or roadblocks that you've either witnessed or seen or are just kind of common fatalities that end up showing up when you choose not to systemize your business or systemize your way of operating, really? (laughs) Well, I think some of the biggest things that you're going to run into is the fact that you're going to have the fear of delegation. As business owners, we Mm. often face, I can't train someone else to do what I do. It's the fear of delegating. Or we may have people in the business that have been there with us for a while that simply are, you know what? I like the way we do it. I don't want to change anything. So it's let's just keep it the way that it is. And then resistance to change for our employees. No one likes to be told necessarily, well, I know you've been doing it this way, but now I want you to do it this way. Or they may feel losing their jobs. That's another really big fear. When I go in to work with businesses and say, I'd like to extract your information. They're like, whoa, wait a minute. Yeah. (laughs) No way am I going to tell you what I know so you can document it and fire me. No, that is not what we're wanting to do. We're wanting to go in and be able to elevate those people to higher level tasks and be be able to delegate down to lower level tasks to help the business run more efficiently. Um, Asana did a survey, and I always love to share the statistic, last year, and it was through the anatomy of work. And what they discovered is that employees and managers spend an average of 58 to 62% of their day on work about work. And basically what that means is getting prepared to do the work, going through emails, going through files, sorting through how do I get started, following up with other people. So they're only spending an average of 30 to 40% of the day actually completing the tasks they need to do. So by streamlining their systems, setting it up in project management, helping become more efficient so they know what to walk into every day and what they need to do makes their business more productive. And so when you can explain to them the benefits of what you're doing and why you're doing it, and it's to promote them, not to get rid of them, people begin to understand. And you also need to get the buy-in from them because you need their help and you're there to support their business. No one is there to fire anyone. We want to build the culture. We want it to be a better culture and we want everyone to win in that situation. Exactly. And I think you touched on that so beautifully, which is the the challenges in itself inside of delegating, right? Because we, 
at times want to harbor all of that information. We want to harbor being the go-to person. You know, I used to be that person. I loved being the go-to person because I felt like, awesome, yay, people need me. People want my help. People want my support. But then I quickly realized I only have so much time, (laughs) right? Or my phone's ringing off the hook. I was like a help desk on the road, right? So it was, it's nice, but it's also a huge challenge because when you're talking about scalability, when you're talking about growth and, and furthering yourself inside of your career, how can you, if you're not expanding your own limitations? And I think in that area, when I've seen it firsthand inside of practices, the same comment that you just shared, which is, why are you asking me these questions? And do I have to be worried about my job? Job security naturally becomes a question inside of just understanding what you're doing. (laughs) And, And that's what I don't get because it's not ever from a point of, well, I mean, not ever. I mean, there's time, there's a time and a place, right? But in the most cases, it's a very positive interest. It's it's wanting to find out how can I actually just help you do your job better so you can be freed up to do the other things that you've not yet attained to or wanting to do, right? Yeah. I think that's just, it's just, it's mind boggling. (laughs) It really is. And, but you really do. And you get so much pushback from employees on that until they really understand, but we are there to work with them and we want their input into what we're doing, what they do and how they serve that business is really important to me in documenting how they do it. So they have a really big role in what we're doing. And so usually it's a conversation that we need to have in order to get the team's buy-in to just put their mind at ease a little bit. And we're trying to improve your culture, improve your business, help you grow and scale, which is going to add potential opportunity for all of you to be promoted into higher level positions. So it's a win-win for the employees and the business owner when they do that. Absolutely. I completely agree with you there. I think another area that is not commonly discussed is just the conversation of project management within specifically the field of dentistry. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's mainly because people look at it from, oh, systems, documents, processes. Oh, you're just going to do it because you're the most quote unquote organized person. And when I hear that, I'm like, there's a lot more that goes into play than just being the quote unquote organized person or that keeps people organized or keeps the conversations organized. There's so much more execution, understanding, research, deployment that gets involved in all of that, right? That people just look at, oh, I'm going to just pop up a Word document and start writing things down, which is an awesome starting point. But there's so many other ways to grow that to make things more efficient, to make it more, I would say, malleable too. Can I sink my teeth into this? Am I able to understand it concretely and bring something forward? And then naturally, as you mentioned, Glenda, the culture gets to thrive, right? Because there's systems in place. There's no uh, internal conflict taking place because we're, I'm going to you, Glenda. I'm like saying, what's going on? I don't know about this is. And you're telling me where it is and we're not finding it oh my goodness, now we just lost 30 minutes worth of time looking for something when I could have just looked at Glenda's method of going to Asana, clicking where my projects are and making sure that my tasks are accomplished, right? Like absolutely so much more. (laughs) And what's nice about Asana and one of the reasons I really love it is that you can set up all of your how-tos or all of your to-dos, which are basically your checklist. And you can link the how-tos, your SOPs to your to-dos. 
So it gives you the ability to marry the task and how to do it right in one spot. So we're not, okay, well, we've got to do payroll this week. Our manager is out on vacation. Someone else has to process it. Well, where do we find how to do it? Well, go to the task, click on the task and open up the how-to document. And it's going to walk you through exactly how to process payroll that week. And yeah. so there's no more looking for things. Things live together in a place that's easy for everyone to find. And I don't work for Asana, don't get paid by Asana for anything. <laughs> but I think it's just a great tool to have to be able to bring all of this together. And there's also a piece of it that is called systems management. And systems management is a house for systems, basically, but it also gives you the ability to set up training for employees to be able to track their progress. So, for instance, if you had a clinical team, you could set them up in the organizational chart as individuals, but also within the clinical department. And if you got specific mm -hmm. training in that needed to go and just for the clinical team, you'd have the ability to assign it track each individual's progress through the training, test them on their knowledge to make sure they clearly understood. Imagine putting this type of training in place for the front office staff, where we're having high retention issues right now. The cost of turnover is astronomical when you consider that. And I know you're in recruiting, Jonathan. And so the numbers are really large with the turnover. So what if we could put systems in place, modules in place to be able to properly train our employees? It increases the longevity of the employee up to three years. They stay with us an average of three years when they've been properly onboarded, as opposed to the rotating doors that we're currently experiencing right now. We need to do this for our businesses and for our employees for our businesses, because we want everyone to be successful. And yes. we want every employee to be able to be set up for success, to clearly know their roles and responsibilities, and to be able to get trained on what those roles and responsibilities are, not the reiterated version of training that's gone through 10 people in the past two years. We wanted to get them the first iteration of what that training really is, and give them the best chance to succeed. And this helps us two different ways when we train in this fashion. When we test our employees, if someone misses something or everyone misses the same spot in the test, then it gives us a chance to go back and take a look at our training to see how can we make this better so people clearly understand the training. And it also sure. helps us understand, do our employees understand what we're teaching them before mm. we put them out to serve our clients? Yep. Our people at the front desk of a dental office are the first people to make contact with our potential clients. We want them to be the best they can be. So let's give them the best chance to succeed, which helps our business succeed. And so it all works together. Love that. I completely agree with you, Glenda. I think that's amazing. And, and you're right. You are so spot on as far as some of the challenges that we've been seeing you know, cross industries. It's it's not just predominantly yeah. in dentistry. That is Many correct. of these mm -hmm. healthcare sectors and beyond are, are dealing with this. And it's very unfortunate. But the biggest thing that you, I would say that I want to highlight from what you just shared is it really allows that level of cohesion that takes place. People know what they're supposed to do. People are directed. They are clear. There's clarity. Just that's 
concretely present. And I think that is the most vital aspect that ends up taking place in these types of conversations when we're expecting to create systems for success. But the systems only work as much as we work the system, right? And, and that's, that sounds a little weird. That yeah, sounds a little weird when you put it, it out there. But good analogy. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. We have to work the yeah. system. Yeah, we have to. If if we're not and we're not maintaining it, it it's always going to fall to the wayside. And, you know, you, I'm sure, have heard it very commonly where, oh, yeah, we implemented this, but we didn't really do anything. It lasted for two weeks and we went back to what we were doing before. And it's more than two weeks, right? I think it's, I think it is two weeks to form a habit, but you have to be consistent with that habit moving forward. But even then, it has to be that constant effort. It has to be that team buy-in that you mentioned as well. If it's just a one person saying, all right, got some new news. We're going to champion this today and we're ready to start working on it tomorrow. How how are people likely going to adapt to it? Like there has to be that level of flexibility and adaptability to come into place. And I just think that's an awesome way that you're creating the space for not just systems, but overall success of the business that gets created. Because systems is just a small, finite component that leads to so many extravagant things that can happen. And I love that that's the space that you're playing in. Absolutely. And I love that space. And and I think that's what really excites me about it. And again, systems for most people, you know, are boring, kind of makes their brains twitch and their eyes cross when they think about trying to do that. But I love it because of what it does for you. What you can achieve by doing it, the repeatable processes, we get our people performing at their best. It, It improves our business and helps our business perform at the best. And so that's why I really love that. I really love the outcome we get. And, and you know, I do things a little bit different than what some systems people do, because I believe the culture piece is the most key component, because honestly, I don't want to work with someone if we cannot get their uh, team to buy into it, because it'll be a complete waste of money. Having your systems and then not being used is a waste of money. So I believe in improving their culture and getting the team buy-in, and then we do the systems, and we work together as a team, and we all win. Yes, absolutely. I love it, Glenda. Glenda, I can't believe we're already hit our time. I am so thankful to have you on this week for our conversation about documentology and the systems to success. Uh, But before you go, I'd love for people to learn about how they can reach out to you, follow you, hire you to optimize their systems, for one, um, and then give us some moments of inspiration. Awesome. Well, you can reach me, go to my website at glendaisavito.com or thedocumentologist.com. It'll all take you to the same place. And I would love to support anyone that's interested. Um, You can book a free strategy call with me uh, to have a talk about where you are in your systems journey and what I can do to support you from where you are to get you where you want to be. And I would just encourage each and every one of you to think about what we've talked about today, to think about the outcome it could produce for your business and the overall growth that it could provide to your business. And the biggest and best thing is producing the sellable assets so you can have an exit strategy when you're ready to retire or sell your business. So thank you, Jonathan, for having me on today. Of course. So beautifully put. Thank you so much for being on uh, this week's episode, Glenda. Appreciate you. Thank you to all our listeners out there. We hope that you're, you know, 
staying psycho. <laughs> Take care, guys. Have fun. Bye.